what we're going to do now, folks, is dive into a discussion that could be arcane. It could have you drive off the road if you're driving in your car right now. We say two hands on the wheel. And it could, well, it could put you to sleep. We're not going to do net neutrality, which to this day I really don't understand. Eleanor Tyler understands she is legit in all of this FCC cable TV broadcast stuff. And it's particularly good with her esteemed legal background. She is with uh, Bloomberg uh, Law and a senior uh, uh, editor. Eleanor Tyler, the battle here is Sinclair, which I think most of our listeners know in America and to those of you worldwide, sort of like conservative set of stations. And there's a political thing where the Democrats go after Sinclair and the Republicans defend Sinclair. And they want to do a $4 billion transaction for Tribune Media Okay, and everybody's screaming and yelling about it. And then the head of the FCC yesterday, am I right, stunned people like you? Did he did he block the merger? Yes, essentially he did. He sent it to where mergers go to die at the FCC. He told um he told the world yesterday that he has serious reservations about Sinclair's uh, plan to divest some stations that it needs to get rid of to stay under a national ownership cap. Um, in the U.S., we believe yeah. in diversity of voices, so you can only own so much of the world of broadcast. Sinclair needed to get rid of some stations, and he called bogus right. on it, um, which flat out, I mean, you can color the swamp surprised at this point. Okay, the, the way I'm going to put this, folks, is if we take the esteemed Chief Justice John Roberts and he goes against the zeitgeist of Republicanism on health care, is that what happened yesterday with the chairman of the Federal Communications Commission? This guy's a Republican. He's an appointee. He's got Mitch McConnell's love. And did he go against the people that put him in power? I don't know if he went against the people who put him in power. I do know that he surprised all of them very much yesterday. Um, I talked a lot to outside groups yesterday who fought hard against this particular deal, and they themselves were shocked. They were putting in the effort, but they had a slightly fatalist outlook. Remember that the FCC's um, inspector general opened an investigation in February into whether Chairman Pai... Uh, has unduly or improperly timed policy changes to benefit Sinclair. In some circles, he's been derisively called the commissioner from Sinclair. Um, There's a lot of feeling in some circles that he's very much in favor of this company. But this, of course, goes against all of that. It's a very interesting development. Is the FCC structured by maybe something more familiar to our listeners? And we thank Chairman Levitt for his perspective uh, week after week with us. Is it like the SEC where Ajit Pai got out in front of his commission because he was the only one on board with the Sinclair Tribune merger and just decided I got to get out front of my people that are against this merger? Is it, is it some speculation like that? That's a very interesting um, idea. From what I understood from outside groups, there have not been a lot of breaks in the Republican part of the commission. At this point, there's only one Democratic commissioner. Um, yeah. From what I understand, the others have not voted against each other in in any way in a long time. So it's possible that it was a move to maintain that kind of un- unity on the Republican side. It's also possible that, um, remember that there is a parallel investigation going on on the DOJ side, 
into the uh, competitive aspects of the merger. It's possible that there uh, is information in the open line between the two agencies about their review of the deal that led him to believe that it was best mm. if he yeah. got out in front of it. Any let of that's possible. You, yeah, let me give you an open question, which I think is is timely. And if you don't know the answer, you don't want to talk about it, that's fair, because I know you're you're working on the huge granularity of Bloomberg Law and Bloomberg Government day after day. Eleanor, you've been in the legal business for years. How do you respond to the mega mergers that we see wrapped around Comcast, Disney, and whatever's going to happen to Mr. Murdoch's assets? Do you just give us a general idea of how you approach an analysis of these proposed transactions? That's a very interesting question. I mean, that's kind of what keeps me interested every day when I walk in the door. There's been a tremendous amount of consolidation in media, all parts of media. There's a lot of speculation that essentially we are changing from a world that sees things on a box with the, with light coming out of it into one that sees things in handheld devices, digital um, on demand, a complete change in the way that we consume what we learn. That change is wielding huge changes in the industry, which makes it incredibly difficult for the people trying to evaluate these mega mergers to figure out what the competitive world will look like in even two years, five years. So you have to approach it with a great deal of humility, because what you know about the industry today may not be true tomorrow. That's dead on. And and folks, people ask me, what was the books I read early? I read a John Kenneth Galbraith book my mother threw at me uh, before I could shave once a month. And Eleanor, the first, first book I read was Ida Tarbell's Standard Oil. I just picked it up because I was curious about it. And within Ida Tarbell's classic work, the government's way behind. Mm-hmm. How behind is Eleanor Tyler's world from the high-speed world of Mr. Bezos and, and all the other uh, technologists that we have? How far behind is Washington? That is another issue that's very frequently brought up um, when we talk about these mergers and evaluating them. The DOJ and the FTC tend to be looking at markets that are already established. They tend to look at old things. Take the AT&T merger. They were looking at um, content provider markets, uh, cable in essence, when what AT&T maintained the whole fight was about was digital. They said they needed to compete with compete with Netflix and other over-the-top sellers. That's an, an old problem. Um, there's, an, in any established bureaucracy, a real tendency to fight the last war. Um, from my perspective, um, I program my phone okay, but it's nothing compared to what my teenage kids can do to it. I suspect yeah. that's a reasonable analogy for <clears throat> lawmakers. They well, keep up as much as they can at the regulatory agencies like the DOJ and FTC yeah. with changes, but you know it's really difficult to do an economic analysis on an immature market that really hasn't gotten its feet going yet. Yeah. So they do tend to analyze the markets they have and the markets they know. There's definitely an mm-hmm. element of that. Ellen, I really learned a lot about this. I'll, folks, I'll tell you, there's nothing that I'm more clueless on than the world of Eleanor Tyler, net neutrality and the broadcast FCC stuff and that. This was informative, to say uh, the least. Eleanor Tyler, senior legal editor of Bloomberg Law.